0: That's good. We want to welcome you to the vineyard. We're very glad you're with us this morning and uh, nice to see your faces or your eyes or whatever it is I can see from up here. But uh, bless that you're with us. I was thinking as we were singing how uh, how powerful it is when we get together and we sing songs to the Lord and, uh, you know, we sing to him, but he sings with us and through us and. And there's power in that. And I was, I just thought about in the, in the battle, how often the worshipers led it. You know what I mean? They went out front. And, um, when you're in here singing to the Lord like that, you're engaged in this battle and you're, you're head on with Him. And, and, uh, I just got a, I got excited as we were singing because, uh, it's all part of it. And I'm glad we're doing it together. So, uh, we're going to continue on in a series we're doing called Light today. Actually, I'm going to wind up after uh, this uh, this message. This whole thing is about being a light in the world, how important that is. And, and we've talked about a lot of things in this message about, you know, loving God all in, about imploring, pressing into the Lord, gathering virtually in grace. And we've talked about hope. We've talked about trust. Last week, I, I, I started a little sort of sub-series on trust, but talking about being rebuilders and how um, God was calling us to be rebuilders in this time. And we've looked at Nehemiah, and we looked uh, at the beginning of Nehemiah last week. And uh, um, we're going to continue that today as we finish up this series, talking about Nehemiah and some of the qualities that he has, and how we can see Jesus and things that he does, and how all that impacts us. On this journey. And then um, that prepares us because we're talking about being rebuilders next week. I'm going to start a brand new series called an unshakable foundation. And uh, so as rebuilders, we'll start with the foundation. And I'm looking forward to spending the time with you and a new series. So I got new wristbands because I had time to do that this time. So they're out front if you want to get them unshakable foundation. And also it's Father's Day. And so I want to bless all the fathers and dads and 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 men, and encourage you, and on your way out, guys, there'd be a little gift for you on the way out. We'll give it to you out there in the foyer, all right? But uh, that'll be for all the guys, and, and God bless you, and, you know, God bless you, Dad, and uh, may it be a great day in all of that. Okay, bad joke time. These bombed last night, but I'm so happy about them, so I don't know why they bombed. So, you know, the big mess, COVID-19, everything. This is going to be actually the first year that I'm not going to Fiji due to COVID-19. I usually don't go because I just can't afford it. But this year, I thought they were going to boo me off the stage last night. And I'm like, what, too soon or what? They just said it was a bad joke, but I like that one. My neighbor, listen, my neighbor kept playing the same Lionel Richie song over and over at full blast. I wouldn't mind normally, but it was all night long. All night long. All night long. All night. night. Wait, wait, insane fact. Here's an insane fact. The blue whale is so large. That if we were ever laid long ways on a basketball court, the game would be canceled. <laughs> you laughed at how bad that one is, but see, I like that one. Okay, Alice, my love, please come help me. Rescue me with the scripture reading here this morning.
1: I knew you were going to sing Lionel Richie. I just knew it. All night long. It is a church. Huh? This is the Father's house. Yes. Um, Good morning and happy Father's Day again. I want you to know that my, my dog, my little rat terrier, and, and, and our adopted cat Gibson got up early, made breakfast for Steve. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Good. <laughs> That's a lie.
0: I must have slept right through that.
1: <laughs> yep, you did. Okay, let's pray together before we read the text. Amen. Amen. Mm. Yes, Lord, we acknowledge this is your house. And I ask, Father, for everyone here, either in person or listening, that they would feel that space open up of freedom and grace, Lord. That you would just pour out your spirit into us today. Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are open, not only to give love but to receive love, Lord, today. We thank you, Lord, that... Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear not, because you walk with us, and we will dwell in your house forever. In Jesus' name, amen. The text today is out of the book of Romans, and this is the Apostle Paul. We're going to be in in chapter 12, starting at verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. And blessed be the word of God. Amen.
0: Alright, so as I said, we were talking about Nehemiah last week, and I, I came up with four things that we talked about when we looked at Nehemiah, that we needed to be people of compassion, people of purpose, people of prayer, and people of humility, and, and so if you didn't hear me talk about those things, you should go, because that was a, a sort of a, the building blocks for what we're going to talk about next, and as we continue to press into Nehemiah, these other sort of ideas pop up that I think are really important um, in our world today. And, and let me say, I, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again as we get started here. The, the world desperately needs the church to be the church right now. And that there's a very real attack. The enemy is trying to silence the church in all sorts of ways with all these subtle and not so subtle attacks. And you need to know that that behind all of the mess is the enemy at work, and and that's what's going on. And we need to be aware of it, um, and we need to understand that that there's a battle going on. It's an intense spiritual battle. There's always spiritual battle, but this is intensified, and we need to be actively engaged in spiritual warfare. Um, we should always be that way, but we, we've got the armor for this, and we need to remember that we have an enemy, and he's at work, and he's really got some things going on right now. Um, God's got it, and we don't need to be afraid, but we need to understand that this is a battle. We don't need to walk in fear. Uh, I'm, I keep, I'm coming up against and seeing a lot of people in this in real fear, and I want you to know that's a terrible motivator for life, fear. Our motivation always needs to be love. We need to be wise in the events of things that are going on, but we don't need to be afraid because God is God and God is good and he's got us. Alice, in her prayer, you know, uh, prayed the Psalm 23 a little bit. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. See, he's with us, so we don't need to be afraid. And, And the shadow, understand where there's a shadow, it means there's a light. And light shines in the darkness, and light overcomes darkness. We've been talking about that in all that's going on right now. But what the church needs to do is continue to introduce light into the situation, and it will overcome the darkness. And, and I'm looking forward to see what God is going to do out of this as I watch all of these attacks that are taking place, and I, as I pray through them and process them, and I see the enemy's hand... You want to be careful to, to remember it's a spiritual battle so that you don't try and put flesh to it. Because if you put flesh to it, you'll get distracted. It's the enemy. Look, look beyond those things. Don't try and find you know, people or, or uh, even ideals or any of those things. It's an enemy. It's the evil one behind it all that you need to remember. And we go after him in battle. As the Lord leads. And we, we take a stand against Him in battle. And we decide to worship. Because that's where life is. And that's why God's put us here. To be those who proclaim the good news of God. Who sing His praises. Who stand in the midst of this stuff. And go, no, God is God. And God is love. And God has us throughout these times. And you can trust Him. And we're going to continue to press on. And God's going to do and continue to do great and amazing things. And so, so, you know... Don't let fear consume you. Be wise, but continue to press on in the love of God. And so uh, I have these things that uh, also come out of Nehemiah, these four more ideas that we want to talk about in being rebuilders. The first one is we need to be people that serve. Servanthood is a huge part of this journey that we're on. And one of my favorite passages in Nehemiah is Nehemiah five fourteen through 19. I'm going to read it. And the reason it's, a, it's so cool to me is that Nehemiah is there for 12 years in, in acting as governor. And yet he never takes what the governor had coming to him. What he does is make sure that he doesn't put a burden on anyone. He goes as a servant. So that's what he's saying when he reads this. Verse 14. Moreover, from the 20th year of king, my favorite king. Well, David's my favorite king, but David's easy to say. Artaxerxes. Just how I like to say it. When I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah... Until his 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor, uh, but the earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them uh, in addition to food and wine. The assistants also lorded it over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall, All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, a hundred and fifty Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep and some poultry were prepared for me. And every ten days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. So what what that says is that someone else uh, that you're going to catch here is just like that, is that Nehemiah, when he goes, he goes to serve, not to be served. Just like Jesus. Remember Matthew twenty twenty eight. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for Many. See, this idea of being a servant is, is what Jesus came to tell us. He, he kind of set the world upside down when it came to leaders. And he said, if you want to be a leader, you need to serve. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying that the, God is calling us as his church to be rebuilders, in effect, to be leaders in the world around us, all of us as the church. And, and the way that we lead is not by criticizing and judging and doing all those. It's by serving. It's, it's not placing heavy burdens on folks. It's figuring out what we can do to help them and bless them. It's listening to see where they're at and then speaking into their world. It's um, letting them know that God is God. It's, it's reminding them that, that, that he's love and that he's got us. See, we, we need to be willing to serve. Now, I say this often, but I, I want to say it again. See, to, to me, the, the very idea of servanthood comes from remembering that this is his story. His story. Now, amazingly, he's invited us into his story, which, you know, I sometimes I'll stop and think about that and just be in awe that the God of the universe has invited me to be a part of his story. You know, he didn't have to do that. He just chose to do that. He's invited us in. But it, it remains his story. And so the universe it revolves around him, not around me. Now, one of the tendencies, tendencies we have, and this is all the time, and I think it kicks up a notch when things are difficult. Is that we keep putting ourselves back in the center of the story. And, and like it's a daily battle. Every day you've gotta, you've gotta not let that happen to yourself. It's not all about me. It's some about me, I always like to say that, but it's just not all about me. And, and I need to be aware it is all about him. And, and that he's the noun of the story and we're the adjectives and our lives describe him and we need to be busy being adjectives right now. In response to who he is. Just letting our lives, just let our lives describe him. How we act, how we react, the things that we do, we do in response to who God is as his kids, as his worshipers, and, and we love him, and we love him well. But this is his story. And so, when you remember that, it's much easier to be a servant. It's much easier to get into that thing. It's not about what I need and everything all about revolving around me and what I can get and, you know, how can I make this happen? It's resting in the fact that God is God and that he's got this situation. So servanthood, I think, is really sort of helped by holding that and remembering that Jesus said, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We don't want to be a burden on anyone, you know, trying to make our life work. And that's what we'll do if we continue to press in that way. So, we need to be people that are servants. Secondly, we need to be people of encouragement. People of encouragement. This is huge. The The world is discouraged significantly at the moment. The world is fearful. Um, we are being bombarded constantly with bad news. and And it... Um, it comes in waves. I, I, you know, I speak for myself. There are these, these moments when this the enemy would love to have me be discouraged. You feel it coming on you. You look at a headline or something happens or somebody says something. And, and you, you know, I wonder sometimes, why do they have to say that? Why, why can't, you know, the facts are bad enough. Why do you have to exacerbate the facts? Why, why do you have to make them worse than they are? And And, and sort of. The answer is that there's something about that, and again it's an attack, and so I, you know, I try not to put flesh to it, I realize what's behind it, is the enemy wants to be people to be discouraged, and acting out of fear, and and just sort of allowing these things to overcome them, and that's not what we need to do. We need to be people of encouragement. And to encourage someone means you put courage in them. That's what the word means. So, you know, we have a great example in that and that's kind of one of the main ministries of the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside it and encourages. He, he, you know, comforts and leads and he guides. He does those things. But we need to take uh, that as an example and we need to figure out how we can encourage people. What can we do to encourage the people around us? How can we make sure that we're not adding to the discouragement by just sort of Speaking doom and gloom in the situations or but but by continually reminding people that God is still God and that God's got this And, and looking for ways to bless people and encourage people. I love I'm blessed that I have some encouragers in my life who who know to come along and just say a a kind word at the right time. And uh, that's so important. And God wants us to be those people as well. Look for ways to encourage people. Look for ways to bless people in the process. Look at what Nehemiah does. And and, uh, so he's trying to put courage into people when they're under attack. Nehemiah 4.14 And I looked things over. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and officials and all the rest of the people, Don't. Be afraid of them. Remember, earlier I'd said the, the world, the flesh, and the devil are sort of personified in these attacks that are coming. And he says, listen, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. It's a call to action. It's a call to of courage. It's a call to stand and persevere. It's a call to understand that the, there is an attack, but that God is with us and for us, and He's calling us to stand and be the people of God. And and I'm I'm encouraging you as well right now. I want to fill you with that courage to stand and embrace and engage in this spiritual battle. God's got everything you need for the battle. All the armor that you need. He's with you in every way. He's going to give you everything you need through this time. But you need to stand and trust him. And and we need to take a stand. Again, the world needs the church to be the church, to be engaged, to, to not withdraw, to not pull back, to not go silent. The enemy would love nothing more than if he could silence the church. He's trying. He can't. I told you last week, the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. But he's taking some shots. I was thinking, and I said it earlier, but as we were singing and worshiping and singing, you know, he, I think the enemy, one of his favorite things is to get the church to stop singing. Because of the power. And, and and so he's come up with all sorts of ways to try and stop it. But you know what? We just press on. We we sing. We, yeah, the song of the Lord goes back to the Lord. And we press on. And and so we sing. We sing when we're gathered. If you're watching at home, and and, and God bless you, sing in your homes. Yeah. Don't just sort of sit there and, and watch. Sing. See, you're engaging. That's how you engage in the battle. Stand and fight for your families and your community. Stand. In the battle, and encourage, and put courage into people. And as you start, you'll get encouraged yourself. Let me say that 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 whenever I feel that start coming on me, I stop. And I get, okay, this is a battle, and I'm not going to let it overcome me. And God, I know that you got this. And I, I know your promises are true. Nothing has changed. And and God, I'm not going to let it overcome me uh, and and overtake me. I'm going to stand, God, and I'm going to fight. Because it's worth it. Your families, your friends, your community, the very kingdom of God. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. So we're going to be encouragers. I love what Jesus said. So we should never be surprised when this stuff happens. John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you might have some trouble every now and again. No, that's a different paraphrase. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do you love that aren 't you glad he mentioned that? Because we might think we were doing something wrong right well oh, why why is why are these things happening in this world it 's a broken planet the you know fallen world, broken planet. evil exists they, they have tried for thousands of years now to create a society that would work and, and to make all these things happen for people and they keep wondering why it doesn't work when they get all these things in place it's because they can't get evil out of the picture see as long as evil exists it will never be what people think it ought to be because evil's a very real component when Jesus comes back he deals with it once and for all he already got it moving when he came the first time when he comes back he says everything right but, but that's why things are unsettled and that's why the things happen be aware of that it's a spiritual battle these things happen But Jesus says, listen, you can be at peace because I'm with you. Don't worry about it. I've overcome the world. I got you. I got you in this whole thing. So much fear being poured out. Let's not add to it. Let's be the opposite of that. Let's be anti-fear people. Let's let's always look for for encouraging things to tell people and and let them settle in that and uh, remind them of that. Third, we have to be people of conviction. So... (sighs) When, when someone's trying to distract you and unsettle you, it's very important that you understand your mission and your purpose and, and what you have going on and that you keep the main thing the main thing in your life. Throughout the book of Nehemiah, eight times they try to stop him from rebuilding the wall. But that's his mission. That's his conviction. And so he, he's not swayed from it. He just keeps on going. I love it. They try so many ways, so many distractions. This one, Sambalat, the enemy again, and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages or on the plain of Oh No. Uh, oh No. I love it because cause he gets it. It's like a clue in the message. And, and he goes, Oh No. You, you need Oh No. When the enemy's trying to discourage you, Oh No. But they were scheming because the enemy's scheming to do what? To harm you, to discourage you, to distract you, to take you out. So I sent messengers to them with this reply Oh No. I'm carrying on a great project. I can't go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Nothing would distract him because he knew his purpose. He knew what he was called to. You have to keep the main thing, the main thing in your life. So that's so important. And the more focused your life is, the more effective it'll be. If you let everything get you off course and direction, you lose your impact in the world around us. And I'm going to say it again. The, the world needs the church to be the church right now. We need to stand. See, the main thing is that we're the people of God. We're Jesus' people. We have calling on our lives. We have mission. We have purpose. I've told you for years and years and years here, our mission is what? One more. We kept it simple so that you could remember it. One more. Lost child back to death. Why? That's how we overcome darkness. One more. We bring light into the world one person at a time. We get that person to know Jesus and a light pops on. It's just like a candlelight service when, you, when you're going on Christmas Eve and it's all dark and you light a light and it starts to display the darkness. And each time you get a little more light, all of a sudden, see, that's what's happening. That's what needs to happen. And we, we have to know that when Jesus came, Jesus had mission and purpose. Nothing would stop him either. Matthew 27. 39, those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. you You know, the enemy was still trying to tempt Jesus. He did it the whole time by asking him, if you're the remember in the temptation, if you're the Son of God, you can do it. If you're the Son of God, come down off the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of law and the elders mocked him. He saved others. They said he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe him. Oh, you wanted us to believe you all this time? Come down off the cross. Prove it. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. But see, Jesus knew his purpose and nothing was going to distract him from it. And part of his purpose was the cross. And, and, and he wasn't going to be distracted until when he had received the drink. Jesus said, it is finished. That's powerful. That the, the word actually means paid in full. He paid for our sin in full. He did everything. He accomplished it. He accomplished his mission. And with that, finally then, with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. And then he went on to defeat death and rise again. And he's not completely finished yet because he's coming back soon. But that was done and nothing was going to stop him from going to the cross and doing what he needed to do for us. So we have to stay focused on our mission. Fourth, to make it happen, we've got to be a people of hope. I've talked about hope a lot in this series and I want to keep bringing it before you. And I love this story in Nehemiah because there comes a time when Nehemiah has to return to the king. Remember, he'd left the king. He left the right hand of the king and came to do what he was called to do. Nehemiah thirteen six. But while this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem, for in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. So he'd been 20 years, uh, 12 years in on his mission, and then the king calls him back. And he goes back to the king. He returns. But then, cool news, he comes back again to Jerusalem. We know somebody like that, right? Sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. Uh, here I learned about the evil thing Elisha did in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. But he says, I came back. And you know what Nehemiah did when he came back? He came back and he said everything right. It was a powerful story. See, when Jesus came, he inaugurates the kingdom. And he gets things moving in the right direction. When he comes back... He finishes the job and he sets everything right. See, so the entire gospel message is God setting things right from the time of the fall. That's his purpose. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to finish up that job. He's going to set everything right. And everything will be amazing. I've shared this verse with you a lot, Revelation 21. So powerful. Keep it in mind. Then I saw a new heaven, verse 1, and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. crying pain for the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and to take hope, take heart. This is going to happen. And he started the journey in Jesus and he's going to complete it when Jesus comes back. But we need to be aware that that's happening. My mic has gotten real hot. Okay, so listen, compassion. Got to have hearts of compassion. Let what's going on break your heart the way it does God for people and see their brokenness. Don't don't pick on anything. Don't it's it's out of fear and brokenness. So many responses. Purpose. We've got purpose. We have to be people of prayer and humility. Ready to serve, encouraging, with conviction and hope. And let's press in and stay focused. And so we're going to be rebuilders. Next week we're going to talk about the foundation, the unshakable foundation, and in the weeks ahead. Um, to get ready for that, I, one little thing I think you should do. Go and read Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and read Revelation 21 and 22. Don't worry, that's just the very end. All right. And then everything else in the middle, that's a story we're going to talk about in the weeks ahead. But uh, you'll see how good it started and how good it ends. And then you'll see the enemy and and what God does to defeat him and the rest of it. We'll be looking at that together. Remember, all of this, everything starts with Jesus. Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's where your journey needs to start. And we do that with a, with a prayer. We, we ask God to come. We ask God to forgive us and then Jesus to come into our heart and lives to be our Lord and Savior. It's, it's like this prayer. It's just it's, it's as simple as this. God, will you forgive me of all my sin? And Jesus, will you come into my heart and life to be my Lord and Savior? And if you've, if you've never prayed that, pray it. I hope you prayed it with me just then. Everything changes with that. It's the start of everything. If you prayed that prayer, text that word to me, heart, 305-745-7513, so I can celebrate with you. I want to know. Lots and lots of people, since we started doing this at Easter, have made this decision. It's a great decision, best decision you'll ever make. So I'd encourage you to follow through with that. Let me know that you've mailed it. Thanks again for your generosity, everybody. We had another great outreach Saturday. And uh, we think it's 25 or 26 outreaches we've done now. And you guys have made that possible by your um, consistent, generous giving. The ways on the screen right now are the ways that you can continue to give. There's offering boxes here in the house for those that you would like to do that. And with that said, let's sing the dexology, the doxology. Praise God from whom all bless. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching online. As you leave, please go out this way. Don't bunch up at the exit. Lots of room for social distancing. The the little gifts that I have for the fathers are out there in the cabinet. They're going to hand them out to you guys. So make sure you get one on the way out. And um, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. watching today's service from keys vineyard community church make sure to like us on facebook and subscribe to us on youtube for more information log on to keysvineyard.com we'll see you next time